from the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Thursday, June 4th, 2020. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Demonstrations continued for the seventh day in Columbus yesterday, but remained largely peaceful as it has been for several days. Yolanda Harris has the latest. The news of the upgraded charges in the George Floyd case made some of those protesters feel officials are listening to their cries for justice. There's a lot of power in what's going on right here, and definitely for I'm only 23, and like I've never experienced this before, so I know a lot of people my age are we're ready and we're we're here to fight. Protests remain peaceful downtown in the past few days. We've seen less of a police presence with protesters given space to march and have their voices heard. I'm Yolanda Harris. In northwest Ohio, hundreds of people came together for a peaceful protest in Fremont yesterday. Zainab Shaid reports. People for Peace and Justice Sandusky County hosted this rally. Organizers tell us police officers and protesters marched together side by side for peace. Fremont Mayor Danny Sanchez. I am so proud to be the mayor of this city. I'm so proud to be out here with with our community, with the people in our city. 17,000 people in the city had to turn out. They are rallying the way that people should be rallying around the country. Zainab Shaib reporting in Fremont. Ohio's Democratic U.S. Senator is criticizing the president, saying he is failing to lead during a time of crisis. ONN's Dave James has the story. Senator Sherrod Brown says black Americans are demanding changes in the wake of George Floyd's death in Minneapolis, but he says President Donald Trump is not helping their cause. Instead of offering leadership, President Trump once again is failing. Instead of uniting, he divides. Instead of comforting, he stokes fear. He points fingers. He places blame. Instead of healing, he rubs salt in the open wounds of black Americans. Brown even said that Trump went across the street from the White House to a church this week to, quote, hold up a Bible that he does not read, unquote. Dave James, ONN News. Cleveland's mayor yesterday raised eyebrows for a word he used during an interview about policing policies, the budget, and other issues. Andrew Horansky has more. Mayor Frank Jackson interviewed by The Appeal, a criminal justice website. Even though Cleveland is perceived to be the, the butthole of the world sometimes, right? When you look at perception, not reality, Cleveland and the Cleveland region is a pretty wealthy area. Destination Cleveland called it an interesting choice. The mayor's office pointing out the clip came from an hour-long conversation, adding that boiling this discussion down to seven seconds detracts from the attention this important issue deserves. I'm Andrew Horansky in downtown Cleveland. In the state capitol, Columbus City Attorney Zach Klein announced recommendations for how the city should handle protests and implement systemic changes. Yolanda Harris has a rundown of changes that Klein would like to see. The city will end broad use of chemical agents against nonviolent protesters. Verbal warnings will have to be issued first. They will also appoint special counsel for outside investigations of how things were handled over the past week. Systemically, a citizen review board is being created. They'll also review the city code relating to traffic stops to come up with more trust with the community. And they will dedicate more hours in CPD training to inclusion and relationship building. I'm Yolanda Harris. 
Democratic lawmakers in Ohio have proposed legislation to declare racism a public health issue amid nationwide protests. The Ohio Legislative Black Caucus introduced the resolution on Tuesday as the state grappled with protests and a coronavirus pandemic that officials say has disproportionately impacted the black community. If passed, the resolution would be the first of its kind at a state level, that's according to lawmakers. GOP Senate President Larry Auboff says he plans to meet with members of the Black Caucus next week to discuss the resolution. Also at the State House yesterday, the Republican-controlled Senate rejected proposals by fellow Republicans in the House to require written consent for the state to track the spread of the coronavirus. The House would have required in-writing permission before the Health Department could undertake what is known as contact tracing. This technique allows investigators to contact people who've been in close and recent proximity to someone who tests positive for COVID-19. Senate Republicans joined by Democrats yesterday said the proposal went too far and could rule out people willing to allow the tracing but unable to sign a form. The state says more than 34,500 Ohioans applied for first-time unemployment benefits last week. ONN's Dave James has the latest. The Ohio Department of Job and Family Services says that puts the 11-week total at just under 1.3 million, which is more than had applied for jobless benefits in the past three years combined. It's also more than 20% of the state's total labor force. Just over half of the Ohioans who have filed a claim have received benefits so far, and the state says it has distributed more than $3.5 billion in unemployment compensation. Dave James, I went in news. Ohio State's 16th president starts September 1st, replacing the retiring Dr. Michael Drake. ONN's Tracy Townsend reports. Christina Johnson comes to OSU from SUNY, the State University of New York, where she was chancellor of the 64 public colleges and universities, three hospital systems, and 1.3 million students. Ohio State announced it's going to reopen to students this fall. More specific guidance will be coming soon from the university's transition task force. Now, when I asked Johnson about students returning to campus, she said it's all about putting safety first and protecting the core mission of education excellence. Christina Johnson, again, she starts on September 1st. I'm Tracy Townsend. And the Ohio State University also announced yesterday it does plan to resume in-person classes in the fall. The first day of classes will be August 25th, and the last day of the semester will be December 4th. But the last day of in-person classes will be the day before Thanksgiving. The final week of November 30th and final exams will also be taken through distance methods, and there will be no fall break. Special thanks to our affiliates WBNS-TV in Columbus, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, and WTOL-TV in Toledo for their contributions to this newscast. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network. 